3: Here's a fun and slightly horrifying question for you to consider. What's the furthest away you've been from a phone? Now, most of us keep our phone on our person and many of us sleep with it on our nightstand. So I'd say that you're probably not more than 10 feet away from your phone unless you really intentionally set it down and go to another room. Now, if you leave your phone to charge someplace and you have a large house, maybe 20, 30, 50 feet, okay. But if you go out in public, other people have their phones. So even if you leave your phone at home, there's still a phone nearby. To really get true distance from a phone, you'd have to leave it at home or in your car, go hike out into the woods, and not run into any other hikers who probably brought their phones too. So these devices aren't really devices anymore. They're appendages. They're part of the symbiotic cyborg structure we've created around us, the same way that I can know what's happening in another part of the world or capture images or connect to these invisible networks of Wi-Fi that are flowing through the air around me all the time. Now, as an avid sci-fi reader, in some ways, this is pretty awesome. There's a lot to like about a modern phone. It's entertaining, it's connective, there's all kinds of cool apps and functions. It's not inherently bad, It's a tool, but the way that we've started to use that tool, I think for many of us at this point has started to feel bad. It feels like a trap. We set the phone down saying, okay, enough. I don't want to scroll. I'm done. And then it's like, we watch our hand crawling back over to it, picking it up, opening it. And it's only when we've been scrolling for a few minutes that we realize, wait, I just put this down. What am I doing? And so in this way, we're of two minds. Maybe we could even say three. There's our conscious mind that wants to be in control of the phone. There's the unconscious mind that's seeking relief, entertainment, dopamine through the phone. And then there's the phone itself, the mysterious third mind, where we keep our memories, our ideas, our abilities, our friendships, all in that tidy little black screen. And I think that this has changed, obviously, so much about our world, but especially our concept of being alone. When we get some time to ourselves, an empty house, a quiet evening, are we really alone if we're messaging friends, if we're watching strangers talk on YouTube, if you're listening to this podcast as a ritual? It's a complicated question. I mean, we're all consuming media in various forms. So what's the difference between a phone and a TV screen and anything else that we might look at, read, watch, or enjoy? But I think the phone feels a little bit more like a portal. It's a little bit more two-way. And in one sense, that's amazing. We can reach out and touch somebody and feel connected even when we are trapped at home, as many of us were during the COVID pandemic. But the other side of that is that we're kind of never fully alone. We're always in this weird limbo where, "Eh, maybe I should reach out to somebody. Maybe I should see what else is going on in the world. And I think it's important to have true alone time, just like it's important to truly fall asleep. We need time to ourselves to pause, to reflect, to reset. And so this is the double-edged blade of the black mirror. This amazing tool, this cyborg appendage that does so much for us and yet seems to have a mind of its own that we can't really wrestle under our control. So I wanted to close this series of Talk to the Wizard with this conversation with A about phones. I struggle with these issues too. We talk about some strategies, some things that I use in here, but I don't want to act like I've got this high and mighty enlightened position where I am just beyond the troubles of you mere mortals, and I, as a wizard, do not have this problem. No, I also get frustrated with my phone. I found ways to work around, and I'm continuing to learn and explore, but I wanted to just put this out here because I think it's relevant to all of us in this moment, and this is the other side of that infinite connection. Because despite feeling less alone because we can always reach out to someone, we in fact feel more alone in our relationship to our phone. Even though part of us knows everybody else is going through the same thing and we just scroll through memes that are talking about similar situations, I think there's this idea that when we're home alone grappling with our phone, that's unique to us. But it isn't. It's a cultural phenomenon. It's a collective issue. And together, maybe we can explore some ideas about how to make this slightly better. So let's see what we learn about phones as A talks to the wizard. Hey, A.
2: Hello, hello.
3: How are you doing today?
2: I'm pretty good. Um, I am... Feeling a little bit low energy, like not in a like bad or sad way, but just today's kind of been a slow day kind of feeling. Um, so, yeah.
3: Okay. Good. We'll take it nice and slow.
2: <laughs> How are you?
3: I'm doing good. I'm really excited to talk to you because I think you wrote in about an issue that um, I hear a lot about from clients these days. I've struggled with myself. I think it's kind of on everyone's minds. So I felt like this would be uh, particularly resonant. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what you're working on right now?
2: Uh, I'm trying to put down my phone. Yeah. Um, The light rectangle eats my brain like some kind of evil science fiction device. And I find it way too easy for like hours to pass. And Mm -hmm. all I've done is just like scrolled through my phone and. I'm not relaxed and I'm not necessarily more connected to people. And I may not have even achieved the thing that I actually picked up my phone to achieve. Um, yeah. So I just find it very easy to use my phone to just make the time go away. And I would like to do less of that.
3: So what's your poison of choice? What do you do on your phone?
2: Um, I'll say Instagram's a big one any variety of social media, really. Mm -hmm. Ideally one that has pretty pictures. Um, I do like a pretty picture. Yeah, I would say social media is definitely the main offender. I also, I'll be like texting a lot. I do have, because I've moved around a lot, I have a lot of different like long distance, like family, friendships, like connections of various sorts. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think something that's important to me as I think about you know, my relationship to my phone and to my devices is I'm like, I actually do think that there's a great amount of power in like the connection that they can offer. Like, I think that there's a lot of good, even, even like the tech platforms, even like evil, like meta and Instagram and such. There's still useful things that happen on there. That's still, you know, how I find out about real life gatherings that I like to attend and so on and so forth. I did have a phase of my life where I kind of deleted a lot of my social media. And like that was helpful in some ways. And it kind of felt like it rewired my brain a little bit. But I find it's really easy to fall back into the same patterns. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to be able to use the good things of the phone. And I'd like to be able to access that connection. And you know, that like knowing people who are far away and, and that kind of thing and maintaining relations um, but without this feeling of j- the like endless scrolling and and mm-hmm. just the like you look at your phone and it's like how is this three hours from now?
3: Yeah, where did where did my evening go? This was the time. Right, exactly. That I had. <laughs> yeah. Why
2: is it nine p.m. like? Yeah.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think there's a couple of really crucial points to kind of highlight at the top. Um, I have also gotten off social media at various times, you know, taking a month-long break from Facebook back in the day or, you know, various things like that. I think everyone gets to the point at some time where they're like, "I'm going to delete these apps off my phone." And then the problem is, eventually there's a reason that we need to check something, get back on, look up that password we hid from ourselves, whatever it is, and or the month is just over, the timer goes off and you're like, "Okay, I can get back on." And then it's a pretty quick slide back into the old routine. I think mm-hmm. it's very hard to be like, oh, I took a month off from social media and now I'm just like chill with it. And instead it's like, oh, but it's a week later and it's 9 p.m. and I where did where did my time go? How am I right back where I started? Yeah. And I think the insidious nature of it is what you just said so well that there is useful stuff. If this was just, you know, a stupid website that you went to that had dumb memes then we wouldn't find it as compelling. But it's also a place where we might get a message from a friend or invited to something really interesting right. happening this weekend. Or, you know, I personally love the serendipitous long-distance connections where someone says, hey, I'm a listener in Uganda. <laughs> I love your podcast. And I'm like, wow, I'm so glad that I got to, like, see that message. You know, that that's cool. Mm-hmm. But then that creates the what's called the slot machine effect where every time you open it, it could be something really cool. It could be something very pertinent to me. But more often than not, it's not. But that kind of creates the dopamine loop that um, we get hooked into.
2: Right, right,
3: yeah. yeah. So what are the patterns in a kind of typical day around your phone use? Are there hot spot areas where you're worried about? Or is it kind of just a constant, where is it? Let me look at it. What am I even looking at it for?
2: It kind of depends. Um, I'll say, so I keep my phone plugged in far away from my bed most of the time, mm-hmm. um, and that helps me. You know, when I'm going to sleep, I'm going to sleep, and and it helps me not do the thing where I just like somehow it's one a.m. Mm-hmm. So that's helpful marginally. Um, I do notice that when my mental health gets bad, uh, I do have like a plug next to my beds that I use like sometimes and it'll usually be like oh you know it's four and my phone's dying and I'll just charge it for a bit and I'll just like have a little bit of phone time and that's fine but during times when I feel yeah when my mental health is bad when when I feel a little bit less of like I guess personal resilience Mm -hmm. it's very easy for me to just like not do that anymore I think like sleep hygiene is important with this and in general I'll say like if I'm immersed in something, like if there's something that I find really interesting that I'm engrossed in, it's not an issue. I I don't really have, especially if I can like put it down far away. Mm -hmm. It's not something where I'm like periodically, like I can go, you know, three or four hours and be like really deep into like my work or whatever it is that I'm doing. And then I'm like, oh, what, like, cool. Like I have 17 texts, like that's fine. That didn't, you know? So I think like, I definitely connect focus and attention span with my phone. Days that I use it more heavily are definitely days when I'm kind of bored or like I don't have a lot of like mental capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely notice like times that I find it the hardest to put down are when, yeah, when I'm just like tired and drained. And like, I often try to think about alternative activities that I could do that would feel more restful and I'm often drawing a blank because even just like reading a book or like watching a movie like that feels like a level of like time, like attention span that I don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So, yeah, I don't know about necessarily patterns in terms of like daily routine, but I think I definitely make a connection with sleep and rest. Mm -hmm. and with focus and attention.
3: Sure. So let me repeat it back to you. So if you have something that you're truly engaged in, if you're like, I'm working on a project, I'm excited about it, I'm feeling good, then you can just plug away at that. And then when you check your phone, oh, cool, there was stuff going on. All right. But like, you're not feeling compelled to stop the interesting thing you're doing and go get onto the device. But I heard you mention mental health uh, a couple of times. And so when the mental health is less in that range where we want it to be, suddenly the phone is more compelling, drawing you to it, harder to put it down, and kind of getting stuck in that cycle. Is that is that right?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: So I'm curious, what strategies have you used so far?
2: I've tried a bunch of different stuff. I've tried, um, well, so just like physically putting my phone down, various mm-hmm. iterations of that, plugging my phone in far away from my bed is one thing. Mm-hmm putting my phone in a drawer or something is something that I'll do sometimes where it's like physically out of view. Mm -hmm. Um, Something I did for a while uh, was to have my phone in grayscale. And actually I found that to be pretty effective and I think that's something that I can see myself using again in the future. I've only done it the once, but like it was, it works pretty effectively because it kind of sucks out, especially for like Instagram or the more Mm -hmm. like pretty images kind of platforms. It kind of just sucks a lot of the joy out of it. And it's like, like a really cute picture of a puppy is still nice and grayscale, but it doesn't give you, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do the brain chemicals quite as much. And times when I also notice that I'm very like, I'll be very phone oriented if there's somebody that I'm waiting back for a text from. Mm -hmm. So if I'm like applying to jobs or if I have like a crush on somebody or if I'm like trying to make friends with someone or something, I'll be like checking my phone a lot. And something that I found helpful with those situations is to just like remove their contact icon. Ah. Because for some reason the image of the like, I feel like it's a fairly universal experience of, you know, your, like, ex or your crush or your, you know, person, person of, like, attention. Mm -hmm. You see their little icon pop up and that makes, that makes a little brain twinkle. Yeah. Um, So I find removing contacts, uh, contact images has been helpful. Also, I tend to be pretty security oriented to where a lot of my stuff like I have to put in my password um, and I find that useful. A lot of like security measures double as protecting me from myself because <laughs> it makes it more annoying to access. And so I'm less likely to do it. Yeah. Also, yeah, deleting my social media. And, and when I say deleting, I mean like deleting the profiles mm. completely, um, not just like deleting the app off my phone. That has that that was really useful in that like I deleted both Facebook and Instagram at different times for six months to a year. And and it was long enough that it did kind of like rewire my brain. And like Facebook, I barely use anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I didn't really have much of a backslide with that. I had definitely a lot more of a backslide with Instagram. But even then, like I found that having kind of a clean slate where I am now more conscious about like how I'm curating my platform and like what I want to have on there. Um, and that's helpful. Um, something that I've been doing is I've been like, muting stories for anybody that i don't personally know so Mm -hmm. like accounts that i follow that i don't have like personal like contact with i just don't see their stories and that means there actually is like a finite number of stories that i can see and they're all people that i have personal connections with um so i found that helpful that's that's what i that's what i can think of off top that's a couple things i've done
3: i mean that's 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 quite a bit and i i hear you loud (laughs) and clear where some of it's kind of effective and some of it's Eh, not as much
2: some parts are more useful than others yeah Mm -hmm. and some parts have like like what's it called side effects alternative consequences neither Mm -hmm. of those are the word that i'm looking for but um by deleting my social media i did end up like losing a bunch of friends or like not like not that i like got into huge fights with people about it or whatever but just people that i was like kind of in touch with and would like send a message to every now and Mm -hmm. again but we didn't really talk like that who now I just like no longer have in my life at all because I just deleted all the platforms.
3: Which is kind of the hostages that I think these platforms hold against you where it's like, right? oh, but this friend that you liked from when you lived in Colorado, how else are you going to send them a weird meme every three
1: months? Right,
2: right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, varying degrees of effectiveness, uh, varying degrees of uh, consequences.
3: Yeah. So I think what I want to do is kind of, you know, let's talk through just the the situation and the least judgmental way that we can, just kind of looking at the different patterns that are there and then kind of extrapolating out to how some of these platforms seem to be designed and see mm-hmm. if that gives us some clues, kind of a know your enemy approach. And cool. the, the first thing that I think it's worth highlighting is you talked about, passwords keep you safe, but also keep you safe from yourself. And there's this very divided mind where one part of ourselves will set up, ah, I'll delete the app, I'll change the password, I'll make it more complicated, I'll set this timer. And then it's another part of ourselves that's coming along later and is like, well, I'm going to reinstall the app, I'm going to make the password easy again, I'm going to turn off the timer so I can get more time today, even though it like shut the Mm -hmm. app down or whatever it Mm -hmm. might be. And so there's a struggle with ourselves, where one part of us is trying to go, in a direction. And the other part is like in our sleep, walking back the other way. And so I think that is what often contributes to this struggle, frustrated, stuck feeling, because there's one part that's going, please do something nice tonight. Please read a book. Don't look at social media. And then that part's like, oh, no, when it sees that it's 1130 and you've done nothing but look at your phone and you're just like, what happened? And I think that's generally the conscious part that we're more aware of, but there's an unconscious part that I think gets really bothered and freaked out by these roadblocks we put in its way. It's like, mm. hey, I'm going to the thing that I use, and we'll talk about why we use it in a moment. Why is this complicated? I need this information. I don't have anything else to do. And it's we've just kind of like, you know, thrown furniture in the path of the door. It just made things more annoying. It didn't stop us from doing anything.
2: Right. I was joking the other day about how, like, I do every, I turn every setting on that I possibly can so my phone can't read my mind. And then I'm, like, looking for the direction to my favorite restaurant, and my phone doesn't guess it immediately. And I'm like, why can't you read my mind? (laughs) Mm -hmm.
3: Right. And I think that's the next thing is what you were saying a moment ago of with Instagram, you've unfollowed every account stories that's not personally connected to you. That should be easier. Like, there's people who are making a lot more money than you and I, and they are obviously aware of ways that would make the platform easier, and they're intentionally choosing not to do so because their goals aren't the same as our goals. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, Facebook was billed as, like, a fun place to, like, stay in touch with people in college and all of that. That's no longer what it is. And we've all heard the line probably at this point that, you know, if you're not paying for it, you're not the customer, you're the product. And so with something like Instagram, it seems like it would be very easy to say, let me just sort out who are my like local friends, who are my like just personal friends, what are the accounts that I follow for memes, and be able to toggle between those. Same way that Gmail says, you know, here's a promotion, we'll put it out of your main inbox. Here's something from Aunt Ethel, we'll put it in the main one, like There's a pretty clear solution, but that's being withheld from us. So I think that's yet another reason, not that you were already like, Mark Zuckerberg is so benevolent, but another reason (laughs) to be skeptical of the forces that we're interacting with.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, And there's all kinds of like different design tactics that are used to literally that are used to light up similar areas in your brain that get activated when we're talking about like various addictive substances, mm-hmm. all kinds of different like design tricks, like um, of, course, of course the name is escaping me at this moment, but you know how like sometimes when you go to sign up for something you get the like the two buttons and you're always going to intuitively go for like the one on the right. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I'll have them switched to right. like have you click the one that's more beneficial to the website even if it's obviously, like you're obviously not intentionally signing up for like a zillion email from this like company that you bought a pair of shoes one time in like 2019
3: Mm -hmm. the the travel websites that are like don't not uncheck this button to get travel insurance and you have to like stop and be like wait what (laughs) how do i not pay more for insurance that doesn't work
2: right 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 (laughs) yeah exactly exactly yeah i definitely think a lot about the like the feeling the like feeling of like brain dopamine and like the way going back to my phone feels often very similar. Like, I'll say different, feels like a cousin, you know, to the feeling of like getting one more drink at the bar mm-hmm. to like roll in another joint kind of thing. Like it sure. feels very just like, what, just what, what, one more can't hurt. Like mm-hmm. I'm already here. Like,
3: yeah. well, and so with cigarette smoking, for example, one of the main benefits that it provides is relief from nicotine withdrawal. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes after smoking a cigarette, nicotine's already leaving your system. So you're kind of, as a, you know, if you're a smoker, you're in low grade nicotine withdrawal throughout the day anytime that you're not like actively smoking a cigarette yeah and so that moment when you're like ah finally is just kind of the relief of giving in and i think there's a similar thing where you know if you're on a diet and then you say screw it i'm gonna have the cheesecake it's this pause where you're not trying to hold back or if you know that you've been resisting looking at your phone and then you say eh, whatever <laughs> unfettered scrolling time here we go giving up and giving in has a little bit of this kind of like sweet relief that comes with it, even Mm -hmm. if we feel bad after we ate the whole cheesecake or scrolled for three hours or whatever it is. So it's, it's very much a double-edged sword.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: So one of the ways that I approach habit change and especially things related to addiction is I think it's a mistake to only focus on the conscious mind. If you already know all of these reasons and blah, 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 and then you set up that system only thinking about those conscious reasons, then inevitably, you're fighting yourself, like we said, and you've just, you know, set a bunch of booby traps that your sleepwalking self is going to have to <laughs> undo to get what it wants, and it that's what it wants, so it's going to go towards that anyways.
2: And you know how to undo them cuz you put them in, in the first place so you're just going to be marginally annoyed.
3: Exactly. Yeah, and the and the consequence is all internal which means it's probably based around shame and guilt and making yourself feel bad as yeah. opposed to any sort of actual like real consequence. And When we're in that struggle, we're just heightening that, you know, if we take the cookies and we put them on the top shelf, so I won't have any more cookies. And then we go back and we get the bag of cookies down, we get that relief of, okay, I'm not fighting the urge to get cookies anymore. I'm just having them. But also, I'm now about to eat a bag of cookies and then be like, oh, my stomach hurts and I feel bad and I didn't have dinner (laughs) and like... Now I just feel worse. And there's that mental health piece, right?
2: When you said shame, the first thing that came to mind for me is the shame of like having, if I've like set a goal for myself, if I've said like, oh, you know, I'm not going to use my phone for the next like three hours or for the afternoon or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I reach for my phone and I'm like, like, then I'm disappointed in myself. Um, Then I'm like, oh, like, it seems so easy to just like not, you know, reach for the co- cookie to not like mm-hmm. da-da-da. But if... You've set that goal and then you don't reach it. For me, there's, yeah, there's, I, I definitely feel some, some level of shame of like, oh, like, why can't I just like...
3: Right. And so that's, I think, the, the issue is that if the plan relies on willpower and we didn't get enough sleep, or we're having kind of funky mental health, that willpower is significantly weakened. Uh, Willpower is a rechargeable yet finite resource. Like in a given day, our willpower is stronger at different times during the day. If we're hungry, it's weaker. And especially if we're not feeling great about ourselves or the world, then that willpower has weakened and that craving is is stronger and it feels easier to just give in. But Mm -hmm. then if the weapon of willpower The punishment side is to then feel bad about how we've failed. It's kind of a double whammy where it's like, okay, I told myself I wasn't going to look at my phone, but then I was just feeling kind of sad and blah. So I did. And now I feel worse because I looked at my phone, which doesn't really help my mental health, and I let myself down. So I'm feeling disappointed in myself, which kind of then perpetuates it, which then makes it harder to build the willpower back up to take a stand. And instead, I think we just get caught in that loop you know, mm-hmm. pick it up. Ugh, why am I looking at this? Put it down. Pick it up. Ugh, why am I looking at this again? Put it down. And it's just draining us. Yeah, you're you're nodding vigorously. Yeah,
2: I, I'm, <laughs> not, I'm nodding vigorously. Yeah, the word "draining" feels very accurate because it really does feel like it as an object is just like absorbing my energy. Like yeah. especially, I notice this on some applications more than others. Like I noticed TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have an account. I haven't like seen the TikTok interface since yeah. 2021. I'm sure it's even crazier now. Mm-hmm. But TikTok, I think, is the platform that i'm the most like oh i can like very actively feel my brain cells rotting like i can Mm -hmm. feel like i like it feels like an arcane ritual like i'm like i can feel you feeding on my life force
3: very much so yeah and i think when we were talking about this earlier it reminds me a little bit maybe i'm just thinking of this because i haven't had dinner yet but you know when when you skip dinner and you eat potato chips like it's easier yeah but then you feel just kind of like afterwards you know And I think that's one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm too lazy to cook dinner. I'll just eat this bag of potato chips. And then you eat like almost more calories or whatever, but it's like bad and you feel gross. And it really wouldn't have actually been that much work to make like a simple dinner after all. And what you said earlier of like a book or a movie just seems like such a commitment and I don't have the capacity or the time, but you know, a movie's an hour and a half we can easily scroll for 3 hours.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
3: And so it's it's this paradox. So what I want to get us back around to is I think we often vilify the unconscious parts that are using the habit for self-soothing and for other needs. And because we vilify them, we're not curious about them and we don't respect their needs as anything valid. It's just we're doing this because it's bad and we're bad and just part of that shame loop. And so I'm curious if you're aware just already at a conscious level of what's kind of in that shadow side, like what is it? that when your mental health is, you know, doing okay, or not so okay, what are you craving when you're going to the phone?
2: I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of different things. But the thing that I'm most actively conscious of is that I'm looking for a connection. Um, Like I go to my phone often, I'll go to like text somebody because I'm feeling away. I'll go to like text a friend and then i'll be waiting for them to text back because their life doesn't revolve around their phone Mm -hmm. and you know in the meantime i'll go to social media to like Mm -hmm. look for connection and maybe i'll have like a short conversation with some uh, with someone but that's also where it sometimes feels kind of gross because a lot of the things that like i don't know people people that i've been following for a long time who sometimes i don't know them maybe i do know them but they're like somebody that i took two classes with in college and we've just Mm -hmm. been following each other ever since or whatever there's a level of i feel actively engaged because i'm like oh like christina is in santorini on this pool and yesterday she went for this amazing dinner and you know like i know everything about her life christina is not real uh but (laughs) hypothetical christina um but in reality, you know, I'll be like scrolling through my phone and I feel I feel a little bit of connection because I know these people's lives, but at the same time, like I know it's not real because at the end of the day, I'm still on my bed and feeling away and mm-hmm. I'm reaching out to people and I'm still alone. Right. So I think like yeah, most the thing I'm sure there's other factors, but the thing that I'm most actively conscious of is is definitely seeking connection.
3: Yeah. So craving connection. And then I think the other side of that is what you said is uh, feeling alone. Yeah. And I think we can nostalgize the past in all kinds of ways. There's there plenty of loneliness in the past too. But I think it's different now where it's harder because there's this connected, hyper-connected world to come home and just be by ourselves and not, not feel like the pull for that pseudo connection of like, oh, a message, like someone in the world is thinking of me or cares about me or like... So if if we were going to imagine a spectrum, right? And on one end, we're having like, cheap unfulfilling like unhelpful connections and on the other it's like wow what like a wonderful robust kind of soul enriching connection you know like we can imagine putting a mm-hmm. phone call with a friend like talking with a friend for an hour and really catching up and like hearing about it's like you know someone you really care about versus hate scrolling someone that you didn't like from community college's facebook page at two in the morning like what are the things that you think you would kind of fill that spectrum in how would you how would you grade that scale
2: mm, i think like reciprocity feels like an important part of it um definitely uh like parasocial relationships are on the the like less connection kind of end Anything- unless it's a
3: wizard podcast because then eventually you get to talk to them <laughs> in real time that's the one
2: exception. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Um, but even then, like, I feel like engaging with a podcast or, or you know, something like listening to a podcast feels very different. Even though, even mm-hmm. if it is a certain level of parasocial relationship, where you know I'm listening to your podcast and I'm like, oh yeah, like you know I've been listening to you for a couple of years and I remember this connects back to like this other episode and like da 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 and you like now you know who I am because we're talking, yeah. but. Um, <laughs> But because I feel like if I'm consuming it in something that is like a media form, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh yes, this is a like celebrity. This is a book. This is a a public persona. I'm engaging with a public persona versus on social media. It feels very like oh, I see my best friend who I hang out with every Thursday. And then after that, I see like this person who's like really popular because they do like, I don't know, great art or whatever. And I've been following them for years and they're like a celebrity. Yeah, And that I think like for those to be so close together just makes it brain weird. I think I don't, we don't process that.
3: absolutely. Because I think, you know, if this was in the past and you were like, I'm going to go to the tavern or not even that, like, like you're like, I'm just going to go to the bar and see some friends. I'm recognizing my friends. They're similar in some way to the other people in this bar. And, like, there's not, you know, a bunch of celebrities with their yachts at the other end of the bar. unless Right, right. You're specifically in that kind of place. And so you're able to just be around people that feel like they're on the same level. They're going through similar stuff. And you're kind of like, cool, as opposed to, wow, I'm now comparing myself to the post of somebody that probably has a media team, you know, (laughs) like they didn't, they didn't even write this caption themselves. Like, and that's, that's very weird. Normally, you know, I guess you could listen to Spotify on shuffle or something like that, but it's like, normally I want, you know, songs that kind of go together and aren't suddenly like, here's something totally out of the world. And it's like, whoa, that's jarring.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think on, on the more authentic question mark, connection side of the yeah. spectrum. Authentic feels like a cheesy word, but I can't think of a better one right now. Mm-hmm. Um, subject to change. But on on the kind of like better connection side of the spectrum, I think I kind of, I, I want to say in-person contact. And I, I say that A little bit hesitantly, because I do think that there's, I mean, yeah, there's a level of like being with somebody and feeling Mm -hmm. connected to somebody that you can get when you're in a space together that's really difficult to get if you're not sharing that space. And at the same time, there is so much valuable to like being able to show up virtually, like the fact that we're able to do this virtually, the fact that you're able to like do this with so many other people, etc. But I think like the, the possibility, at least of like being able to hang out, I think like Cooking food for me is really important. Yeah. I think one of my favorite I'm like if I'm not doing well, I'm calling my friends over for pasta. I'm just like hitting <laughs> at people in my neighborhood being like, "Do do you want some pasta because Does that anyone would want help depression me spaghetti?"
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> Please come eat my depression spaghetti. It will help me tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's uh, on the like higher end of like the connection scale is just like feeding somebody or sharing food together Mm -hmm. also any kind of like activity together ideally something like kind of physical and like tactile making making stuff together of any variety what what else can i think of on this scale i'm trying to think of what, what what's 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 like neutral on the scale
3: Well, I think there's two variables that we're getting at here, which I I think I can kind of pick out and might be helpful for us. So I think one is the degree of connection. So Mm -hmm. if it's like your best friend or a family member or something like that, you know, someone that you're really close with, that's a higher degree of connection than an acquaintance or someone that you haven't had a real conversation with in seven years, but you still follow each other or a parasocial relationship, or, you know, an influencer and, and kind of going down that scale where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I have a fairly small podcast. I try and connect with my listeners. I think that if you're listening to my podcast in some way, that is more connective than a giant, vast one where it's like, like watching CNN, you know, there's a, yeah. there's a scale there. And I'm not just trying to plug myself. I think we're trying to just get at the the, the degrees here, right? But I think the other one is intention. If you mm -hmm. hit up a friend and you're like, hey, let's hang out and watch our favorite TV show together. Even if you're just watching TV, you've still intended to do that. You've made a plan. You set a date. That was your choice. That wasn't just thrown at you. Whereas if you're scrolling, even if you see content from that best friend, You weren't intending to go look at that. It just was being served to you by an algorithm. And so I think there's a strong distinction there, right?
2: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll even like, even if somebody, you know, sends me a meme of like a show that we both were, that we both watch that they Mm -hmm. know that I like. Like that feels, that feels like, you know, that feels like good connection. Yeah. So, yeah, I think intention around you, like, being the intended recipient for something, the intended audience, that feels important. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and I think with that, that's a great example, one that I think is very complicated because... Yeah, I'll have friends that I haven't talked to in a while and they'll send me a wizard meme and I'm like, oh my God, it's so good to hear from you. And it feels like a thoughtful, intentional gesture. But right. I think you can also end up with relationships where you scroll up and you're like, oh, we're literally just sending memes back and forth to each other. That has become the whole conversation. Maybe there's an opportunity there to like step in and say like, hey, let's have a more authentic like phone call or like let me do a check-in about how is your day yes that meme was funny it relates to an interest we both share but like how are you doing right now yeah you know i'm intending to connect with you and cut through some of the ways that we could do that on on a more superficial level right does that make sense what i'm saying
2: yeah yeah that makes sense and it also makes me think of like Two, two separate things. One is the kind of like the, the sort of reply guy phenomenon <laughs> of just like people who will kind of consistently respond to your content. And that always feels a little bit weird because there's like, clearly there's intention and there's effort. Mm-hmm. And, but there's also, it shows that there's like some kind of lack of balance. Might and not be the
3: intention that you want either.
2: Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the other thing about the memes, I think this is more salient. When somebody sends me a meme of an interest that like something that I'm really deep into that like mm. they kind of like know of, that's always really funny to me because it'll be like, oh, like we don't, we talk like maybe once a year, but every time you see a map about like cartography, you send it to me. And (laughs) even though like I saw that meme like five years ago, (laughs) I saw that meme like before this platform existed, (laughs) but I appreciate that you thought of it. We're not going to really talk about it, but like I appreciate that you see a cartography meme and you're like, ah, yes, that one's for A.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And I think if this was a, public square, there would be people that you would run over and go,
2: oh my god, it's so
3: good to see you. And then there are people that you'd be like,
2: hey, what's up? Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, and that's definitely the more like, hey, what's up kind of end of it. Yeah. yeah.
3: We recognize each other, but we're like, I don't need to go interrupt your conversation and we don't need to have a like, how you
2: been? Oh, I'm good. How about you? Yeah, it's been okay. Oh,
3: well, we should talk sometime. Yeah, okay, bye. Like, we don't always need that. So I think that's okay to recognize. So yeah. we have intention and connection. And I think the one thing I want to circle back around to is this idea of being alone in feelings of loneliness. Mm-hmm. Because I think one thing that has shifted possibly, and, you know, everyone has a different place on the introvert-extrovert scale, and, you know, is that scale even real, like, You know, these are all just ways of being people in the world. But I think there is this idea that because there's this window we can peer into on social media where it seems like everybody's doing something together in an interesting way, Mm. that there's like kind of more of a bad feeling when we're on our own, even if we're exhausted, even if we're like, oh, my God, I just had the busiest weekend. I just worked and now it's Monday and I like would love nothing more than to chill being in an empty home or apartment. There's just kind of like a, huh. Maybe I should check my phone.
2: (laughs) I think like that has definitely resonated with me. There have definitely been past versions of me that resonate with what you just said. I think it's less for me loneliness. Like I'm rarely feeling like, oh, I'm looking at my phone. Oh my God, everybody's at a fun party. Why am I not at a fun party? Mm -hmm. But I think it's more like boredom. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm often craving, mm, how to say this? I'm often craving not necessarily company, but just like activity. Right. Stimulation. company, Yeah, exactly. And company is like the easiest form of stimulation that I can think of. Right. Because everything else I have to put in effort, whereas like socializing with somebody, the call and response kind of factor of it makes Mm -hmm. it feel less like draining somehow.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Understandable. Well, I think... Yeah, boredom is boredom is a really key one as well. And I think they both tie into this idea of, like, we're, we're sticking with these words of intention and connection. And instead of this alone time being seen as empty time, or I don't know what to do time, or I'm bored, or alone, or however we're phrasing that, what if we think about that as time that we're intentionally connecting and hanging out with ourselves?
1: I've
2: tried to do that. Um, and I often I can do that for like an hour and then it feels like it kind of wears off. I tend Mm -hmm. to I'll be like, oh, what are some things that I like to do? Okay, like I really like to write and, you know, I try to make active time for that. So I'll be like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to do my little journaling, I'm going to light my little candle, I'll do the things that make the space feel nice, that, you know, I'll clean my kitchen and, and prepare my space the same way that I would if I was like having a friend over because I want them to feel good in my space. And I think after a while, I end up going back to my phone um, mm-hmm. because they're.
3: It's more stimulating.
2: It it is more stimulating Um, and my thoughts are only interesting to me for so long.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And so then that dopamine craving comes in in a different way. So, okay, boredom feels like a big one. So I'm having a whole bunch of different ideas. I want to kind of just put them out there and we'll, we'll see where we want to go with them. So I think one big theme is instead of trying to remove something, we're trying to add in positive things that will take that space Mm -hmm. so instead of saying like i'm going to put the box of cookies up on the shelf and then i'm going to take it down and i'm going to feel bad that i ate the cookies let like like forget about that if you want a cookie after dinner have a cookie after dinner but let's focus on making a healthy dinner like Mm -hmm. let's focus on you know getting excited about that having easy recipes having more like interesting ones and like that would be the goal that okay i'm going to focus on that and then maybe I'll have a cookie, maybe I won't. But I would you know, think that feeling engaged with that process would kind of move away from the snackiness rather than trying to just not eat a cookie and just struggling against it. So the idea with that would be, okay, let's not try and just think about how to erect fences around your phone and create barriers which feed into that shame loop. But instead, if connection is one of the things, how do we seed connection? You know, Mm -hmm. how do we, when we're going for the phone, picking it up and going, wait, instead of Instagram, let me actually fire off some text messages to check in on some friends. Or let me reach out to a friend and ask if they, you know, are free for a phone call or something. So then, hey, you know, there was an hour-long catch-up call with a friend that was really nice rather than three hours of scrolling time. Mm -hmm. And then you might find, hey, I'm less inclined to scroll for two hours after I get off that phone call because that need was met a little bit more and I'm actually more excited about reading a book or working on a project or making a nice dinner or listening to a podcast or whatever it is that feels like the activity. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense?
2: That makes sense.
3: Um, And we'll, we'll kind of put them together. So I think seeding that intentional connection was one thing um i think also just being aware of intentional consumption of i want to watch this youtube video or look up this recipe or listen to this podcast is you deciding what to do even if it's you know content that is not personally connected to you but scrolling is letting the algorithm dictate what yeah. you're seeing and it's more reactive and so um, again, this isn't a willpower never doing those things, but just trying to seed more of that. Oh, okay, <laughs> let me think about what I want to do with my evening and let me intentionally save some things that I could check out later, or like that kind of thing. So there's more fodder there than just mm-hmm. uh, what what the phone has, yeah, so we'll figure something out how that, to put them together. but go ahead
2: something that came to mind with the cookie analogy as well, something that I often do if, you know when you get like cranky hungry and you know you need food but you Mm -hmm. don't have the energy because you're too hungry to cook for yourself I will often eat just like a slice of bread so it gives me just a little bit of sugar yeah just enough that I'm no longer like starving and now I can cook my meal and like feed myself properly Mm -hmm. so I think something about that like Recognizing, oh, I'm not able to do this because I'm hungry. All right, how can I make myself like 10% less hungry so that I can like feed myself nutritiously? Yeah. That like combination. I don't, I don't know exactly what that would be for a phone, but that yeah. thing feels useful.
3: Yeah. I think that's a really, yeah. Instead of imagining that I should be making myself this elaborate meal, but I'm really hungry, so I'm not going to, it's like, have the decent snack to just kind of reset.
2: Right. Or like have chips, but like have like a small bowl of chips that will tide you over versus like sitting with the TV with like a whole bag.
3: Right. Which could be like, Oh, let me respond to these texts and text a few people and then put my phone down and go do something. And then I can come back and like decide how I want to engage with it rather Mm. than just jumping right in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think about, there's kind of on the edge of my brain, there's a few different thoughts that are coming up. And I want to see, I think the boredom one is a big one because that's another loop that we get stuck in is Mm -hmm. when we get used to watching 30 second video clips, then we find ourselves scrubbing forward in three minute YouTube videos and the idea of watching an hour-and-a-half-long movie becomes, like, unbearable. Yeah. And I read recently that Netflix is now designing content around the idea that you're going to have your phone and be half-paying attention, which I find very depressing. Um,
2: That's cursed, but they're right.
3: (laughs) Not that everybody needs to do this all the time, but we could think about this kind of like a training, you know, of saying, okay, (laughs) I'm going to go put my phone in the other room And I'm going to watch an interesting movie or something like that or read a book until Mm. the craving kicks in. And then I'll just note, how long was that? Okay, that was 35 minutes. Okay. And then, you know, go look at the phone, do whatever. Um, But just, you know, cool. That was my one little rep for that night, you know. And just thinking of that as like attention Mm. span exercises of... If I get to the point where I'm watching a whole movie and I'm not checking my phone, like, hey, I've made significant progress. And also a good way to know, am I kind of antsy or what's going on with my state instead of expecting this to just be always available. So
2: yeah, that makes sense.
3: I want to pull everything together in a way. So let me. Okay, so I'll just share a couple of exercises that I've been using and uh, then let's see where we go from there. There's two, two things um, that I've been doing. Uh, the first is five minutes of nothing. So I think one of the ways that we get into those downhill slides where suddenly it's 1130 and we've been on our phone and where did our whole evening go? We like had all these other things we wanted to do is we just kind of mindlessly go from one thing to the next and there's no gap where we can mm-hmm. kind of stop and check in with ourselves and see what we want. And so something that I have found helpful is, especially in those transition moments, when you're getting home from work, or if you work from home, when you're just getting done, quote unquote, with work for the day, is just setting a timer for five minutes and doing nothing. This doesn't have to be meditating, but it's just literally setting a timer for five minutes. You can close your eyes, you can stare out the window, just doing nothing for five minutes to just kind of slow down for just that short amount of time and create that little gap where then you can go, oh, okay, maybe I'll do this next instead of just kind of going from one thing to the next. I think that might, in a weird way, be the kind of bread equivalent where it's just letting your attention just reset for a moment before you go on to the next thing instead of just letting the phone dictate what the next thing will be.
2: Mm, Yeah, that definitely resonates um, because I've, definitely noticed even in just like day-to-day life in the morning. I try very hard to, when I have breakfast, to just mm-hmm. like read a book, even if it's just like five minutes while I'm yeah. like scarfing down my toast or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I try to read without my phone. And in that time, while I'm like waiting for my coffee to percolate or whatever, I'm, I'm trying pretty actively to be doing, well, I mean, I'm making coffee, but I'm not making coffee and also, you know, doing five other things. Right. I notice that like on mornings where, you know, I woke up late and now I have to do all this other stuff at the same time that uh those are that's the beginning of a day where I'm going to be like frazzled the whole way through. Like totally. I'm going to be on the subway texting my boss Mm -hmm. and I'm going to send the text to the wrong person and then I'm going to have to have a whole conversation with that person that I accidentally texted because we need to catch up Mm because I haven't spoken to them in three months like da 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 um so so yeah having and then
3: each thing's kind of just cascading into the next and then suddenly it's you're in bed and it's late and you're like what happened
2: (laughs) yeah right exactly and Mm -hmm. like yeah so so yeah having some time to just like let my brain decompress Uh, and before I have to like make 5,000 decisions.
3: Yeah. And so I think the the one thing that I'll just say with that is that it's as close to nothing as you can. Like (laughs) five minutes goes relatively fast when you're not doing anything. Like you can kind of just sort of space out, notice where your mind is going on its own. And then you don't need to make a decision, but you can kind of play around with like, okay, like how am I feeling? What are my needs? What have I been ignoring all day today? You know, like, just that check-in. And the other place that it's helpful is when you're in that phone scrolling loop and it feels like, ah, how do I pull away from this? You're already on the phone. Just open the timer, set that five minutes, set the phone down. And then that just gives you a moment to kind of catch your breath and be like, okay, (laughs) that was clearly me going down that track that I'm tired of going down. It's going to leave me feeling bad in like two hours. Like, let me, that pause is just all about creating space. That's it. Mm -hmm. The other thing, conveniently, is also five, and it's, um, I need to find a good name for it. I'll, I'll call it five options today. But this is in one of those moments where it's like, you're sort of like, okay, cool. My friend canceled plans. I'm now coming home. I have an evening to myself. What am I going to do with my time? And the way that it works, I like to count on my fingers. So I'll start with my pinky and go towards my thumb. But the first option, I try and come up with the absolute worst, most horrifying thing I can imagine. Like, this is self-punishing bad behavior. So it's like, what's the worst food that I could eat? What's like the least productive, healthy activity that I could do? It needs to be cartoonishly over the top.
2: Can you give me an example
3: I was going to ask you for an example, but sure, I'll go ahead and go first. So when I was living in New York and working a desk job and, you know, coming home, just like, oh, I'm tired. I kind of, my mental health isn't great. I don't even know if I have food in the fridge. So do I have energy to go to the grocery store? You know, so on and so forth. I would be like, okay, what is the grossest food I can order. I'm going to order a pizza and eat like a pizza by myself. And then I'm going to stare at social media and like, you know, whatever the worst social media is, or the thing that makes me feel the worst. I'm gonna look up all my exes on (laughs) social media or something like that. Or if I'm going to watch, you know, a movie or something, it's like lowest common denominator trash, just like something abysmally, it's going to hurt my head. Like Mm -hmm. really just trying to think of something that's like very low mood bad to the point where you get kind of grossed out and you're like, okay, well, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Like that's a little bit much. And then you go to the next one, which is the one that's just kind of bad. So that's another kind of like depressive rut behavior, but like not as extreme as the other one where you're like, okay, well, I think I have like frozen burritos. So that's better than ordering the like really gross pizza. And maybe I'll just like watch a cheesy movie or whatever and, like, smoke weed and and drink some beer and, like, you know, whatever it is. Like, it's it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's definitely not going to set me up for a great day tomorrow, but it's, like, still kind of indulgent. And then there's one that's more, like, neutral, where it's, again no one's going to be like so impressed that I did this, but it's like, Oh, okay. You know, I made myself You're a pretty simple in a
2: whole vegetable. Like. Yeah.
3: I made mac and cheese out of a box and had a vegetable with it. And then I like watched a movie that I heard good things about or texted friends or, you know, did something that's kind of like in that middle territory. Then we'd get up to like, good. That's feeling more ambitious. Like, Hey, I'm going to again, make myself a nice meal and work on that project I've been wanting to do. Or, um, you know, have that phone call with a friend or something that, again, is just more positive. And then five is the very ambitious one where it's like, I'm going to clean my apartment, I'm going to make myself an amazing meal and go to the grocery store, and then I'm going to do some writing or meditate or, like, reorganize my bookshelf or, like, whatever the version would be for you that's really, like, this is what I would aspire to if I had unlimited willpower and energy. Yeah. Now... The goal of this exercise is not just to do that best thing. The goal of the exercise is just to do the exercise. And what I have found is we kind of get stuck in a default gear without planning it. And just Mm. by sort of wrenching that gear shift back and forth to come up with those five options, it loosens it up a bit. And then we can have an honest conversation with ourselves. where if we're like, you know what, I had a pretty good day. I'm feeling pretty good. I really do need to clean my room. Yeah, like cleaning my room and, you know, reading that book I got sounds like a pretty nice evening. Like, let's do that. Like, I've got the energy. Whereas other times it's like, I have had the worst day. I feel so anxious and upset. There's no way I'm going to work on a creative project. But you know maybe i'm not going to do the absolute worst thing but like i'm going to let, i'm going to treat myself i'm going to order takeout and just like watch dumb reality tv and like let myself do that without shame or as as little shame as i can put onto it because i'm acknowledging like this is where i'm at and this is what i have capacity for and so that's okay you know we're not we're not supposed to be productive all the time that's not the goal
2: that's true it also kind of reminds me of something that I think about sometimes when I'm trying to pull myself out of like a rut Mm -hmm. is thinking like, okay, what would I do if I was truly trying to set myself up to fail tomorrow? I'm trying to have the worst day in the world tomorrow. Mm -hmm. What would I do? All right. Well, I'm probably not going to eat something really nutritious. So just eat like, Butter pasta. Yeah. Um, probably gonna try and not sleep properly. So I'm probably going to some combination of like substance of choice, plus like looking at my phone right before I go to sleep, mm-hmm. plus like ideally, if I can like watch something that's like super triggering, like yeah. <laughs> if I can like make myself really, really like spiral, like that would be like mm. Mm. and and very often when I'm thinking about okay, what anything that I'm nervous about like big presentation tomorrow or you know whatever Mm -hmm. it is and I'll be like what could I do if I was trying to set myself up to do the absolute worst I possibly can on this how what would I do and then I'll be like oh like those are like that's actually kind of just what I'm currently doing yeah that's actually kind of what just what I'm doing and for some reason thinking about it through that framework helps me be like all right well I don't know if I can be a hero, but maybe I can chop a piece of broccoli. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. We can start there.
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh, slightly better, small shifts. But I think the way to bring this back into the phone is again, you could do it. You know, at the start of your evening, taking those five minutes to just kind of be like, "Cool, I'm in the door." Before I just rush into everything, I'm just gonna take that time, and then maybe, oh wait, I wanted to do this thing. Okay, and that comes naturally or just gives you that space. And then if you're in one of those phone loops, taking that moment to disengage and then go, okay, hold on what am I looking for right now? Okay, like what's the worst thing that I could do on my phone? Well, I could scroll until 4 a.m. and not get any sleep. Okay, that would suck. Or I could scroll until 11 p.m. and that's kind of lame too. Or I could text some friends. Okay, that's better. Or I could reach out to that friend that I really actually, you know, their, their parents sick, I should check in on them so I could like call them. That would be better. Or, you know, maybe I'll do this maybe I'll go see a friend or I'll do this other thing, you know, and suddenly you're kind of thinking about what is it that you were looking for in that moment. And it might not be connection. It might be, again, boredom. And so, okay, what is the cheap chip phone version of stimulation versus what to something that's more working on the attention span and stretching that out a little bit more. Mm. And then again, there's flexibility there where the whole goal is to be intentional even if we're being intentional about doing some of those things that are the not quite as great self-soothing techniques and just trying to get into that pattern of interrupting the pattern more often. That's why casinos don't have clocks. They don't want you to interrupt that pattern at all so even just that can be very powerful
2: Hmm. now i'm thinking about if social media platforms do anything to create time blindness the same way that casinos do
3: yes it's called the endless endless scroll (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) they used to you used to just run out of things you used to
2: just run out of things to see that's true that's true Mm -hmm. so
3: let's uh let's do a little meditation i think to wrap this up Do you have a piece of pen and uh, a pen and paper handy nearby? I do. Okay. Go grab them. Got it right here. Perfect. So I want five words about, so these are just individual words or, you know, a very short phrase if, if you can't do it with a single word, but five things that you like about your phone or that your phone does for you that feel positive.
2: So connection to social movement. Um, Connection to friends, creating and building new relationships, um, access to information and safety.
3: Access to... Can you give me the last two one more time?
2: Access to information Mm -hmm. and safety.
3: Got it. And then let's do five of the negative ones.
2: It makes me feel very frazzled and anxious. Similar... But it still feels separate is like depression loops Mm -hmm. um time blindness dissociation and numbness and disembodiment Mm. that one felt like it should have been at the top but it came to me last ah that's okay
3: you're gonna get to rewrite these later on your own Mm -hmm. okay so i want you to take a moment and just get comfortable and we're just gonna do a little meditation okay And so I'll just say for anyone that's listening to this at home and isn't driving, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. (laughs) But for anyone else that's doing this at home, if you want to join us, pause, get into a comfortable place, restart. I'll be frozen in time until you press play and you can join us for this. Yours might be different. We'll leave some space for yours, but I think you'll get the gist from this and you can create your own ritual around it. So A, just go ahead and get comfortable. And so take a few nice, deep breaths in and out. There you go. And just start with being aware of your body. Notice where your feet are and where your hands are. And you can just rest your awareness on that left foot. And then think about where that left foot is in relation to that right hand getting that sense of distance and
1: feeling. Noticing whether it's the hand or the foot that feels more still, more calm, more relaxed. And then you can just switch to the right foot and the left hand. Again, noticing the distance and space between those two points, the feeling of the hand, whatever it's resting on, the temperature of the air, the foot, whatever's
3: underneath it or around it, feelings in the toes, the feelings in the fingers, feelings in the whole body, breathing in, noticing the chest and back, Letting the
1: face and jaw relax, the shoulders release, everything settling down, and then just imagine,
3: in whatever way feels right for you to imagine, how it would look to see yourself sitting where you are right now. If you were like a ghost floating in the room, looking down and seeing the calm look on your face down there. Noticing the color and texture of your hair,
1: the clothes you're wearing, and
3: just the way that you look calm and you see yourself relaxing more. This might be a stable, clear image. This might just be a conceptual awareness. But either way, you can just see yourself relaxing releasing the shoulders sink down just a millimeter or two everything is nice steady still
1: and then you can imagine that your phone is right in front of you and you can see that phone that has a case noticing the case the way it's formed the material Color, that shiny black screen.
3: And then we're going to invoke the positive aspects of the phone. And as I read these off, I want you to just imagine a little cartoon character, like a classic Looney Tunes angel and devil on a character's shoulder. These might be angel and devil phones. They might be something else, animals, colors, whatever it is. But you're just going to imagine that you're seeing the positive spirit of your phone. And this is the spirit that helps you connect to social movements, connect to friends. It helps you create and build new relationships and gives you access to information.
1: And helps keep you safe.
3: And so, in your head, you can just say a word of gratitude to that positive spirit of your phone for all the wonderful things it does for you. And once you've thanked your phone, you can now begin to see the other side the more sinister, shadowy side of the phone, the frustrating. Anxious, difficult elements, as well as those more nefarious elements, these app designs and things that prey on human psychology and try and keep you stuck. And so, however, you want to imagine that little devilish character, you can just let yourself see that
1: and let it know that you know
3: that it makes you feel frazzled and anxious, that it keeps you going round and round in these depression loops, that it causes time blindness, dissociation
1: and numbness, and disembodies you, and that you're aware of all of those factors, and you see it, you see both sides of it, and that you are making a choice. And so in a moment, either in your head or out loud, whatever feels right for you,
3: say, I choose. And then let that phone know what choice you're making today. This could be simple. I'm choosing to be more aware. I'm choosing to spend more time for myself. I'm choosing to get out of these loops. I'm choosing to reach out to these friends, whatever it might be just take a moment to see the positive and negative sides of the phone, hear the ways they're whispering to you for good and for ill,
1: and then make your choice. I'm choosing to use this on purpose. Hmm. Choosing to choose. How do your phone spirits appear to you? Hmm. The, like,
2: mirror color black from the screen is pretty important in, in both mm-hmm. the devil phone and the angel phone. The devil and angel on the shoulder works for me.
1: Um, the, like, angel phone has, like, a little halo. Yeah. And a white case with, like, little wings. And the devil phone is, like, wearing this, like very expensive looking like purple suit Hmm. how do you feel I feel like I have some agency um and I feel calm and mellow um and I think more ready to Be
2: thoughtful about the ways that i use this tool
0: Mm -hmm.
3: so to summarize there's now more tools in your toolkit for how you approach the phone and we'll go over them one by one so the first is just that five minute pause and fortunately that phone has a timer so it can be a wonderful ally in that as well and that's just something that you can do at any time doesn't need to be a certain number of times a day or every day even. But just when you find yourself getting kind of sucked along (laughs) that path that you don't like to be on, just pull out that five-minute timer, just create that break, and then just see what that opens up in that gap. Um, There's also that five-options exercise, which is a great way to both make a plan and check in where you're out. And like we were saying, with the positive and negative aspects, part of it is just choice. Knowing Mm. I had a really exhausting day I don't have energy to do anything else. I kind of just want to like scroll on my phone for an hour and then go to bed can be okay if it's something that you're choosing to do with awareness and doesn't feel totally out of your control and predatory, right? So again, it's not about always picking the best option. And I think that a good rule of thumb is that the first, that really terrible one and that ultimate best one should be kind of so hyperbolic that it like, that it feels ridiculous and that kind of that moment where you make yourself laugh where you're like well i'm definitely not doing that is uh is 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 part of the magic there the last one we did a rough form of this but what i would encourage you to do is take those notes of what you just wrote and the choices that you make and the choice can change each time or it can be fixed but write that out into a little prayer meditation that you can say each day before you first pick up your phone. So as a daily practice, when you're going to get your phone off the charger, you're kind of saying, you know, it's like a farmer and it's donkey. It's like, hey, (laughs) I don't like you and you don't like me, but we got to go to the market today. So we're going to work as a team. So, you know, let me take a moment and I, you know, you can make it with flowery language, whatever your style is, you know, phone gods, I call upon the power of connection, blah, 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 blah. Phone devils I know and I cast out these qualities. Today I choose to use my phone mindfully. However you want to do it, just write it down and just see how that changes the relationship. Mm. And then the other fun thing that you can do is, again, in one of these moments when you're feeling uncertain or if you start to get in one of those loops and pull back out, take that moment to close your eyes and see those two phone aspects, the light and the dark, and work with them. Mm. I'll start with the negative one, but saying, Hey, you know, I feel like shit. I can't put my phone down. What are you doing to me right now? Like, why are you doing this? You know, give that devil a chance to talk. It might have something useful to say. It's not just out to get you. It might say, Ah, yeah. And I'm trying to help you feel connected or whatever. You know, just be curious and see how it shows up. Or you can call upon that positive aspect for help and say, Ah, I can't get out of a phone loop. Help. And it might say, Call your parents or like, you know, do this, check this, look up something interesting, read a Wikipedia article. Like it might give you some other cool idea and you go, oh, okay, thanks. Thanks for the help. Appreciate it. Um, But the whole concept here is is all about that final idea of choice that Hmm. these devices have created so much connection. But we want to be intentional about how we use that connection.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. That resonates.
3: Questions, comments. Joys, concerns.
1: I think we, I think we've covered it.
3: Okay. Well, write your little ode, your phone <laughs> invocation, and then uh, hopefully tomorrow is the the start of a a brand new day.
2: Hopefully, hopefully tomorrow my screen time goes down slightly better. Slightly better, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Well, thank you very much. Thank Amy. you, Devin. <laughs> I believe in you. Your magic is real.
1: Aw.
2: Your magic is real.